Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Game Shot the Fall of Bar. It's night five of the Betfred 12 match play. And once again, here at Online Dance, myself, Jack Bobby Garland, joined by the fabulous Mr. Lee Boys on the ground in the Winter Gardens as we talk through all of tonight's action. Mr. Boyce, how are we? Yes, not bad. You, mate? I'm all right. I'm getting there. Getting there. These days are bloody long, I tell you. Some late nights. <laughs> and each day is warmer and warmer and warmer and warmer in that venue. <laughs> Absolutely. Just just praying for a thunderstorm to clear some of the air here. And it's just going to hit at the back end of the weekend. And it like, whenever, when, why can't you just do it while I'm at work? Yeah, that would be lovely for everybody. We can get in the Winter Gardens later. A nice, clean atmosphere. And we'll be ready to go. Uh, once again, massive hello. Welcome to everybody in the chat room. I know you guys have been here a while. Sorry if we kept you late, but actually, according to the video, uh, we've started on time tonight. Uh, we pushed it back a little bit, so you're not all waiting around going, where are they? Questioning if Lee's running along Blackpool Promenade to get ready for the show as he makes a mad dash back from uh, the Winter Gardens in Blackpool. Don't forget to pop along and say hello. And as the sign on the screen said, don't forget to like comment and subscribe to the channel subscribers aren't going up a lot at the minute this week which is surprising during a major so um what that means is that you guys need to press that button a bit more and share it around let your friends know late night darting chat nonsense with myself and mr boyce um that's all the formalities out of the way mate let's uh let's ease our way into the evening four really really good games um Maybe really, really good is an exaggeration for all four. Um, but it was a night that before we even threw a dart, there was a lot of excitement building up around. Yeah. When we were speaking about yesterday, there was three of the four, I think we were talking about, as being really close names. Um, we got three out of four, but not the three out of four. I think we was expecting being as close as what there was. Um, but it, we, we had a, a very, very good session. Probably one of the best. I, I keep saying that every night we seem to come on. 
to be something happened, whether it be, you know, the fans participating, the darts that we've seen, or yesterday was with the big fish. But it was a it was a top top session uh, of darts tonight. Uh, just yeah. uh, the end died off a little bit, but overall very good. Considering we're here at now ten to twelve in uh, in Blackpool time, we'll say uh, it shows that it was a very good session. I mean, it's very easy to say this sat here at the end of the night after the games have been on, but looking at the fixtures, looking at the last couple of weeks. Every man and his dog could probably have predicted that the two closer games, the two slightly more interesting games, would have been the first two games, yet they weren't in the prime time slots once the crowd had built themselves up because Mark Van Gogh and Peter Wright found themselves in this on, on today's action as well. They picked up that, that mantle, if you like. Yeah, it's, it's probably hard to say with the Peter Wright, Joe Tullin game because if Peter Wright, Joe Tullin wasn't one of the last two, I know it didn't pan out that way, but you would expect Peter Wright and Joe Tullin to be either the third or fourth game of the night. But there's certainly arguments that one of the other dames should have moved down, potentially, as we were saying yesterday, potentially the first game of the night because it had so much. It did have so much. It had so much. It had extra legs. It has happened. We got there. We've got a game. Honestly, I felt like this time last year, we were sat here chatting about the match day, and every single night, every single daily pod, and then on the Monday live lounge afterwards, we sat here and absolutely slated the decision to remove the two clear legs. Because every game seemed to be a 10-9. It was ridiculous the amount of being settled by the single leg margin and we've prayed for it to come back and we've seen it once but what a game it was that we've seen it come back Michael Smith 13 Jose de Souza 11 the bully boy absolutely loves world match play not only did we have extra legs we also had an extra break that I think a lot of people in the uh, fans were not expecting the break after lead 20 However, it was that warm that it that, that did deserve a break to that, to that stage. But um, I'm not sure when that was decided, if that's something that was decided before the uh, all of the round two games, I'm assuming it would be. But it was a very surprise for all of us that were inside there uh, watching it because we didn't see it coming. I don't know about you watching at home, Dob, if that was the same. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you who or when Um that was decided, but it was a horrible, horrible decision. What an abominable time to have a break in between the game. Completely disrupted the rhythm, I think. Um, but let's talk about the game in depth then. As expected, Jose de Salza with the most 180s. He fires in nine of the buggers in 24 legs. 44% checkout on the doubles and a 97 average. But that wasn't enough as Bully Boy wins 13-11, as I've mentioned already. He had seven eighties of his own, 41% on the doubles, 13 out of 31. Um, bit nip and tuck all the way, but let's jump right into the deep end, basically. We're already in extra legs when the most important moment of the game happened. Tony leads 11-10. Uh, he finds himself on 12. He's just missed the double 12 inside. Um, Bully Boy returning for 108. Steps up with the biggest cojones we've seen in the tournament so far to take out the Tom Plus checkout, save his skin, and two legs later win the match. It, it was very weird. Just just to back on that break when it went to that break because I didn't know that was coming. I thought Michael Smith has now won this game because he levelled things back up at ten ten. He had momentum. Then when the break happened, Jose. Then I thought Jose's now got advantage. Of then went eleven ten up. 
that checkout for me, they might as well have said Dame set a match because something happened with Jose at the back end of the ledge, not just uh, after the, the third break, but just before it. And uh, we didn't see the Jose that we've seen and he dropped off for a few lads. And to be honest, fair play for Michael Smith because that finish was what won in the Dame for me. Uh, that, that coming back into it was what won in the Dame. It, it, it wasn't, well, it was a catastrophic. It, it, it wasn't dropping down to a 60 average by any standard from Harry Zedisauza. But this is the first time in a long time, if ever, since he's he's picked up the titles he has, that we've seen a game this tight in front of a crowd. Like, he played pretty well in round one, was very, very comfortable at Gabriel Clemens. This time, he got a little bit tight, a little bit edgy, in the heat, in front of the crowd. This is sort of the back-end performance that, a lot of people were expecting from Jose in round one. It's just coming round two against an opponent that you can't afford for it to happen against. Yeah, and I, this, I had a lot at 8-7. And Jose, Jose and Michael Smith were both 50% on the doubles at that stage. But Jose was averaging 101. He's finished on 98. And for that to happen then, after already playing 15 lads of darts, that must have dropped to low 90s for him to finish on around 98, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, low to mid-90s for that to drop so much. So it just showed that he did dip off. And um, I'm sure you mentioned it a few nights ago that it is something that we might see with Jose. Um, I was surprised to see. But like I says, before the interval, I only see Michael Smith winning 12-10 because we didn't know that was coming. But then it went afterwards and... Uh, and fair play to Bully Boy. Fair, well, fair play to both players. But it's very good to see Bully Boy um, finishing very well. It was over 50% in the first time, around in the 40s this time. The only thing that I've seen is what he's played. I did note it down earlier. 41 leads of darts that Michael Smith has been involved in and only seven 180s. <laughs> no, he didn't hit one in the entire first round, did he? And that was the big, big yeah. surprise. The turnaround and firing seven in a match. Okay, it's not the nine that hurt it and it's not the 14 that Dimitri hit, but it's still a very, very good return. It's a return to the powers. So he's 32 tons, uh, 32 tons, 22, 140s, 7, 180s. So just sheer consistency of Bully Boy tonight. Nice and straight in that treble bed, constantly in every single leg. Yeah, it's just, if you look at, if we're going to speak about Michael Smith, before the tournament, we were expecting loads and loads of 180s. We were expecting quite a few missed doubles, probably to be in the late 30s as a tournament sort of average, 40% tournament average. But for him to be where he is now, on a, he's doubling, he's 140s and 100s there. I'm sure he would take it. Obviously, when we don't run the format there, he will we'll need to up that 180 stat. But um, fair play to Bully Boy. Uh, he wasn't tipped by many to, to push on, especially in the quarter that he was in. So, uh, fair play to uh, Michael Smith for that. Yeah, he was very vocal about that in his last press conference. Let's hear what he had to say for himself this time after booking his spot in the quarterfinals at the Betfred World Match Play. Every, uh, everyone ripped me off. And you, you, sometimes you can do it, sometimes you can't. And I was like, this tournament has been really good to me the last two years. I know I didn't have the best semis last year against Anderson, but I was like, it's a tournament that I used to go first round, first round, second round, first round. The last two years, finals, semis. And I was like, no one, no one's beating me. You can write me off all you want. I was supposed to get smashed off, so I was supposed to get smashed tonight. And you're still asking me these questions, so it means I'm still in, I'm still fighting, I'm still 
so wanting to win and, and I'm sure in this, this game doesn't get boring to me I want everything and I'm showing it on the stage as well just like the temperature in the country the interviews the comments flying around from the players are starting to heat up Ali we say this every night at the minute as the interviews keep getting better and better but I am here for it. Evening, Craig. Hope you enjoyed your trip to the Empress Ballroom tonight. Uh, just a quick reminder that all of the interviews that we collect for the post-game uh, matches tonight will be on our YouTube channel. Don't forget to head over to that after we finish. Drop a like on each of as well. Drop a comment and see anything that you want to talk about. Um, and subscribe to the channel as well. Um, he's earning the right to be in the quarterfinals. And he needs dominant performance in a game to convince me. Possibly. But... You'll take it. Rob Cross was, was not dominant at all, and he picked up this title a couple of years ago. Uh, he won that with his B game, so I'm sure Michael Smith would absolutely buy your hand off for the same opportunity. Uh, on to game number two. Um, I thought I was watching a new Love Island bromance at times because these two absolutely adore each other. Uh, but Nathan Hacknell uh, beats his idol once again, 11-9, getting over line against the Flying Scotsman, Gary Anderson Lee. Yeah, the, the, the end of that game was the the uh, was where it all happened. It's we saw such a great first game, and then Nathan Aspinall with his first three darts stood fifteen, and I was thinking, oh no, we're coming back down to earth. What's going to happen here? But the game just progressively got better and better. And what we saw at the end is there was opportunities for Anderson. He brought uh, Aspinall in his last three um, throws that Aspinall had. There were six breaks to end the game, so there was chances there for Anderson to do it, but. Um, a lot of a lot of credit has got to Aspinall. Uh, the fans edged towards Aspinall, but I would say edged. There was still a lot of lot of support in the room, as there always is for Darren Anderson, and there always will be. Um, but as we get further and further in tournaments, and like we saw uh, as the days progressed in the Premier League, Darian, um, Nathan Aspinall is fast becoming uh, a fan's favourite when it comes to being in the arena. Well, he walks on to one of the most popular songs in British culture history. So it's literally never, ever dropped out of the top 100 song weekly sales ever. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous record that Mr. Brightside has. Um, I want to skip. Well, actually, no, let's the early legs. Gano didn't really turn up, did he? Let's be honest. I'm not sure if that was the change to the, the different darts. His scoring seemed to struggle for a bit. He allowed Nathan to control the game in the early phase. Yeah, yeah, he did. He allowed him to control it. And like I said, that battle of a dame and the dame progressed into a better one because of Darry Anderson, I think. Because if it was going to go where it started, you was only going to see one winner in a convincing way, which would have been the Asp. Because we'd seen Darry Anderson fight back and we'd seen a lot better performance from Darry Anderson, like I said, he had them opportunities. Not saying to, to win the dame, but potentially take it into, a, uh, take it into additional leads and... If it was the Nadal winter Lunda, we probably still won't be sat here yet if we saw many of them tonight. So it's not a bad thing that it wasn't. But um like says, yeah, it was a dame that progressed. It was a it was a slow start. And I don't know if that was to do with how good the first dame was that obviously your expectations are so high because of the darts you've just seen. But uh, overall it was a very good dame and <laughs> fair play to Aspen on how far than that man down. <laughs> How far indeed. Uh, let's jump ahead. He did find his way back into the game. It started going a little bit close. But the, the key moments, the last few legs, the checkout opportunities just seemed ridiculous. It seemed like every leg 
one of the players was having a shot for a ton plus to just stick a knife straight through the heart of their opponent. Gary Anderson landed the first big one, the one four nine checkout, after not knowing what doubly needed to leave, which I found absolutely laughable and astonishing. And I was convinced that Paul was going to hurt him. Following leg, he misses the double eight for the one three six, and that's where Aspinall won the game for me because he fires in a one one seven of his own to stop the game from going. Yeah, but, I think it would have been level. Yeah, on that that one four nine, not only did he stop and he didn't know where he left. The amount of time it took him to get the answer from the ref and it that double must have been less than a second. It was like told, boom, it was done. It was so good. <laughs> There's literally he stopped for about ten seconds, thought about it, asked, and then it went. But yeah, the uh the one three sits was was a big miss. It's obviously the, the two treble twenties sat very nicely and then you well, for me, sat there after he took out that before you thought it was going. Um and Aspinall stepped in and, and punished that. But like says if of the games we've seen tonight, to watch those last six, maybe eight leads of that game is a, was a very, very top standard because of the check-out opportunities that each player had and either how close they were or, as you said, the Anderson one that dropped in. Because it's not even as if the legs were, were scoring badly. I mean, Aspinall won the match on an 11 dart leg before Gary's at 15 and he's two, three darts and doubling that one. Like, it was still a good match all yeah. around, but... The checkouts just were ridiculous what they were going for. Yeah, yeah, they were. Um, and like it says, it, it's, it puts Aspinall in a very, very good stead for, he, for his uh, his next game. And obviously, we'll talk about that game and, and his opponent, opponent more tomorrow night when we are previewing that one coming up. But it, it certainly puts him in a good position. And like it says, one thing I've noticed this week is the fans' influence. And I think that Nathan Aspinall, whoever he plays, will potentially be backed all the way if he gets that far. Yeah, right. You know what time's coming now. Let's hear from Nathan Aspinall in his post-match conference with the ginger ninja, Mr. Phil Bowers. But that's Nathan Aspinall. Oh, himself. unreal. That, that, that's what I played darts for, you know what I mean? As a kid, you know, you grow up, you want to play in the biggest tournaments on the biggest stage in front of big crowds. And if you do something special, you want to celebrate. You want to give it the big end. And... Um, you know, that 117 was absolutely massive. And yeah, that reaction, that takes me back to three years ago when I beat Gezi in the, in the second round and I'm jumping around and all the arms are going. But what a shot, you know. That. Credit where credit's due. I'm going to blow smoke at my own backside. Fantastic shot. And uh, you know, that won me the game in the end. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, yeah, I love I that. <laughs> How, like the amount of robots you get in sport nowadays, it's like, oh yeah, I just did my job, blah blah. To come out and say that, agree. And also, like, I'm not sure if it would have hundred been on his mind, but planting that seed that he's beaten Gezi here before, as well. Early bit of mind games while he's laughing it off something else, I think, because that potential matchup edges ever closer, just potentially two games away from that one, because I think they would meet in the final. They yep. would. Yep. Okay, on to game number three then. Um, the scoreline makes this game look a little bit closer than it actually was. And even then, I mean, it's a hundred average for Michael Van Gogh and as he beats Ian White 11 8. But it just never felt that great at any point, did it? No, and it's, it's the standard that MVG sets that. Unless he's hitting 
probably 105 plus. We're always looking at MVG and thinking could be more from him. Um, a, a lot of credit, um, first of all, must go to Ian White because I didn't see him coming through his first round, Damon, to push MVG. I'm I'm never sure he looked like he was going to beat MVG, but to push MVG where he has done tonight, a lot of credit must go there. But MVG, there's, there's just certain things you're looking at in his game because I think we all, we always overanalyze him because of how good he is. Uh, and and that's the thing with it. He's average, I think it was, I haven't got it in front of me, but I believe it was around 97 in round one, he averaged, and then 100 in round two. Uh, and if I didn't see them and I was just talking about it, I'd say MVG's not playing well. Yeah. But they're not bad stores, especially now the leads of the, the, the formats to no extend. And with that extending, if he's hitting those numbers, he's going to be in for, uh, you know, a potential long run. Yeah, I mean, 100 average in this one, 40% of the doubles, 97 uh, average in round one. It's consistent and he's working that base level up the thing with Michael Van Gogh over the last few years, especially when he was on his dominant run, was in every single game, he seemed to do something special. He seemed to do something that would absolutely break the heart of your opponent. He'd shut down come back at the earliest opportunity. You'd have to go and play your very, very best darts to get anywhere near him. Ian White, for large parts of this game, was 10 points down on the average and still got to within three legs. We said in round one that he was still a bit vulnerable... I'm going to go early on this question. Can Van Gogh win this title with the players that are left? Because there is only one non-seeded player left in this field. It can, because the London, the Dames, though, the more it suits him. And like we said, if he's if he averages 100 in a best of 31 game, it's going to be very, very hard to beat anyone who averages that or... Uh, north of that anyway that the one for me was it's i was having a look at the the two dames the first two dames and just trying to pick out some stats because like i say he's averaging he's averaging okay or okay for mvg i should say the fact he's missed 29 darts at a double across the two dames is the one stat that i'm pulling out of why the average is where it is and it's not higher or he's not performing better it's just that it's that one thing with Michael Van Derwin that we are, and I know Jarlath's made his one comment post on the screen as we always see tonight. <laughs> that he has he has made one hundred average look average. He has he, that's exactly what he has done. But the one oh, that's the one stat that I looked at looking at all of them was that double missing where it's not the thing with MVG. Like it says the odd one or two, but there was there was times at then today where he's missing three at a double, uh, and there was times in the first round where that happened, and that's not what we used to. Yeah, completely agree. Right, let's hear from the Green Machine himself then as he booked his spot in the quarterfinals. I will, I will, I will put that right, don't you? He, he, I, I like Nathan a lot, but uh, he also knows uh, I'm coming for him and I will do anything in my power to, to, to make it him as hard as possible and uh, I, I feel good, I feel comfortable and I know I can uh, create some uh, uh, damage against him and uh, he know what I'm capable of, but uh, I need to make sure the right focus is on again, same as it was today. Green machine there. Earlier on in the day, he actually 
upstaged our very own Phil Bars, sneaking up on him <laughs> as he did his preview. He's going to have to upstage a few more players if he is going to lift the Phil Taylor trophy come the end of the week. Uh, on to the fun game tonight then. Um, arguably, this is going to get lost a bit because Peter Wright has just thrown the best average of the tournament so far. 105.46, 10 from 20 on the doubles, 7-1-8. He's two turn plus checkouts, four snake bites in an 11-5 victory over Joe Cullen. But because Cullen was, was just not really at the races tonight, just a 90 average from it and 5 out of 10 on the doubles, the strength of that performance from right is going to get lost a bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, we spoke yesterday when we were previewing it about how much did the first round dame of Joe Cullen take out of him. It seemed like he took quite a lot out of him. Um one thing I noticed a lot with his darts today is a lot is a lot of his first darts were dropping quite low, um, not just just below the treble. Some of them were at quite a distance, uh, and then looking at his storing stats, that he only hit seven stores of one forty or more with four of those one forty plus, and then three one eighties. That's not juggling. Uh So it it just must be that that first round took a lot out of him. But with Peter Wright. As you said, it does hide away um, because it was such a bit of a stroll in the part, I guess. Yeah. Um, for Peter Wright. Um, but he's certainly playing himself into some sort of form, winning the last Super Series event, you know, eating a 105 in this game. Uh, he's sort of, I don't want to say down under the radar. It's very weird listening to uh, all the interviews we've listened to so far, and no one's mentioned his name because all week they always have done. So it's very strange. Oh, Joe that, did. Joe oh, mentioned his name in advance, didn't he? Yeah. No. No one has done tonight. I mean, no one. No, mm. The, the yeah. few we've heard tonight, no one's mentioned them just yet. So he hasn't wound everyone up. There's still time. I'm, I'm sure he will be in the comments <laughs> tomorrow night, as he just has his ability. So wind people up ridiculously. Um, look, it's Peter right? so of course we're going to talk about equipment. Um, he's made 105 average look pedestrian, and he stood on that stage at the end of the match in his interview, saying still not sure about the darts, wasn't sure they were going through the air correctly because it was so hard. The thing with me is he's thrown these darts for the last, last day of the Pro Tour, first round and second round, the consistency the man can produce if he just sticks with one bloody style is so good, yet he keeps on changing. It's hard to criticise him because, yes, he keeps because changing. he pulls it off every time, doesn't he? He pulls, but, like, he pulls it off. He pulls it off nine times out of ten, and the one time out of ten he doesn't, we're all sitting here, and there's a reason we're sitting here. We're all sitting here doing, shouldn't be doing that. But then if he changes it, then for the quarterfinal, I still wouldn't be surprised if you didn't hit the numbers of them because it is Peter Rice and it's what he does. Uh, it's just... It's going to happen as well. We do have to talk about it. In the next round. Yeah. We do have to talk about it because it's, it is Peter Rice and it's a talking point whether he averages 105 or 90. It's always down to be a talking point of him changing darts. I would like to think, and I keep saying it, I would like to think he'll stick with these darts because... As much as he's unsure how they're flying through the air, if you're averaging 105, trust me on this one, they're flying out there. <laughs> I don't care how they're going through the air. They're going to the board where you want them to. Keep doing it. <laughs> My prediction that he will win the match play from Monday Night's Live Loud will come true. <laughs> uh, let's hear from Peter 
Right, then the last man that we have an interview clip for you tonight. A quick reminder, everything is over on our YouTube channel to listen to in full. Uh, but this is Snakey in his post-match press conference. Yeah, it's been very hard. Uh, you know, it's uh, she's had two back surgeries, you know, lots and lots of money paid out uh, just to try and get her pain-free. And it's been, it's been horrible. Uh, you know, you saw me against Jose in the Premier League. I didn't even want to go out. I was in tears in the back room because she, she was going down to London on her own to have an uh, injection in her spine that could have potentially put her in a wheelchair. And, it's like, and I should have been with her instead of playing darts in the Premier League. And that's sorry for all the guys who had, or whoever had a bet on me, whatever. But that was just, I didn't, you know. My mind and, and everything was wasn't there, even though I tried, even though I did have 180, 180 <laughs> in that in that game. But uh, but it's it's looking like good good news. So uh, uh, so fingers crossed, and obviously when the drugs wear off, and we'll see. Not the, the joyous interviews that we've seen for the rest of the night, but an important message from Snakey as well. You can obviously see how much his, his wife is important to him. Um, she travels to pretty much every event. She's his, his hairstylist as well as his partner. Um, and all of us here at Online Darts wish Joe the speedy recovery. Um, and while I'm at it, if you've got a spare couple of hundred quid to sort my back out, Peter, I really would appreciate it because I've had that <laughs> since March. And I'd love to get back playing football. So, yeah. Winning Matt Blade, chuck me a couple of hundred quid. Thank you very much. Job done. Um, on to tomorrow night then, mate. Just the two games tomorrow, which hopefully means that we might be sat here doing this at a more reasonable hour. Obviously, that means makes absolutely no difference to you guys if you're listening to this back as a pod throughout the day. Um, but if you are watching with us live on YouTube, thank you very much once again. Keep your comments coming in. Jar, people flashing up on screen. Um, let's talk then about the biggest opportunity two players are possibly going to have to make a major TV semi-final. Christoph Ratajski takes on Callum Ridd for that semi-final spot. Lee, how do you see this one going? How well Ratajski's playing, it's hard to bat against him. I don't expect him to hit the numbers he's been hitting. Uh, his tournament average is around that 100 mark. Um but I think I've written Talon Rids off from from the last time. I'm going to write him off of then. I hope <laughs> I hope he proves me wrong. If I'm being honest, I hope he proves me wrong. But I am going to go for Ratoisty sixteen ten. Um, you've done that a couple of times now, haven't you? you? You've written players off. There are people in the chat room absolutely praying that when we talk about Michael Smith's next round, you're backing whoever he's playing against. <laughs> and the Michael Smith fan wants you to keep writing him off as well. Uh, remind us of one, this is a best of 31 now to hit the quarterfinals. So we go from 10 to 11 to first to 16, potentially more as two players still in play, I believe. Um, I'm with you on this one, though. I think... The extra distance, the sheer consistency of Ratajski. He is not fair. He can have a bad session. He can switch it back on again. The crowd will be on Callum's side. I have absolutely no doubt about that. Um, but it, it's just very, very big moments. And I think Christoph will have the edge in this. He's, he's a ridiculously strong competitor. I'm going to go... Go on, go on, mate. 16-9 is my score prediction. 
Oh, no, I was going to touch upon there a very good point about the fans being on Callum's side, and I expect that. Um, the thing we'll see is if we see 10 10 at the time, it could have a massive influence on the end of that game. I just expect when we get to 20 legs that Ratoy still be in front, that yeah. the fans won't have as big an influence on that game that they could do. If Ridston keep it level after 20 or 11 9, maybe, then I think it could have an impact and Rids could push him all the way. But yeah. if Ratoyston get an early lead, it could t- uh, till off what sort of fan participation we have in that game. And uh, that's why I think we're both thinking the same on Ratoyston, how well he's playing. Yeah, look, if, if, he's in, if, if he's within striking distance, absolutely no doubt that crowd can be the deciding factor to push him on. As long as it is just a push, I cannot emphasise this enough. If you are in the crowd, no whistling, no putting Ratajski off, just back your man. That's all we want to see. None of this other rubbish. We spoke about it after the Luke Humphreys game of the night. We spoke about it. And God knows how many times about European tours in the last few years. Everybody knows how much I love the German and Dutch crowds when they get into it. Um, just back your man. That's all that does needs. We don't want to be dragged into the mud of any other sports where abusing players and deliberately putting them off is something that is seen in the game. Um, the opposite end, I moaned earlier about the order of play tonight. I don't think they've got tomorrow wrong because the second game sees the reigning champion, Dimitri Vandenberg, 14-180 in round two against the reigning world number one, the reigning world champion, Gerwin Price. Lee, this genuinely, we've said this a lot this week, but no matter what happens to the rest of the tournament, this could be the best game of the tournament. Yeah, it could. And I think when we spoke about potential best games, it's relied on one player. If that one player turns up, oh yeah, if Michael Smith turned up today, that Jose Dane was so good. Joe Cullen turned up today, that Joe Cullen Peter Wright was so good when we seen it with one Dame and not with the other. For me, if we get a dimmy performance, potentially not even to the level he played the other night, because 103 over that format is going to be very difficult, but we see a similar type of performance, then that could be something very special. And once then, the more that goes on, the more that people are going to be batting dimmy. Let's be honest, as soon as Price walks out, he's going to be booed on the Warthorn. Um, and then it's how close that game becomes because after, what, nine leads maybe against Johnny Clayton, the boos went because Price has already got that game in the bag. Uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting name. It is going to be very close. And I wish you would have said first because I'm very much finding this one <laughs> I went at all. Because if you'd have asked me at the start of the week and this was a... Derwin Price, Dimmy quarterfinal, I would have batted Derwin Price around 16, 12, 16, 13. Because of how well Dimmy played against Chizé, it's just a, it is a very, very hard one to pick. Uh, I'm going to edge towards Price just, and we're going to have one, we're going to have an extra lead. I'm going to have 17, 15 Derwin Price. 32 legs of these two absolutely lumping the living daylights out of each other. Look, I think the crowd again is a very important thing to draw here. Um, Johnny Clayton for me was was very subdued in his performance, a little bit too much respect. Dimitri is a sim. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Similar character to Johnny, I think, when he's on the hockey. But for such a young man who, I'll be honest, I've given a little bit of criticism to in the past, he is so calm. He's got such a good head on him when he's actually on that stage that I don't think the reactions from Price will get to him as much as Johnny, which makes the game a lot closer. Um, that being said, Dimmy's played very well this week, but he still handfuls of doubles at the, the complete wrong moment, right? And I think that's yeah. the key. And I think Gezi, Gezi does him because of that. I'm going to go 16-12 to Price. Um, you're not on tomorrow, are you? Yes. Are you? I am on tomorrow. Okay. I, I was going to let you have a chance to predict the other semi-final at uh, quarter as well, just in case you weren't. But because you're not, Bugger that, we can leave that until tomorrow because I'll be back to talk about then as well. Because hopefully this show will be a lot earlier, currently 20 past midnight. Um, I'm desperate for some sleep. Um, you know what time it is? It's time to say goodnight then, folks. Thank you very much to everybody in the chat room once again. Thank you very much to Lee for joining us. Thank you to Jar in the background for producing, Phil for collecting all the interviews. Reminder all those interviews are over on our YouTube channel. Head over there in the next couple of minutes. Uh, give those a couple of watch. Um, click on that like button, please. And please do subscribe to the channel as well. Uh, it helps us keep growing massively. We can keep producing. Uh, a few people asking about merchandise uh, when we're doing the live lounge as well. We've got a meeting about that next week, hopefully, uh, so we can start bringing that to you guys too. Uh, massive thank you to the sponsors on the screen, to Modus, Red Dragon, Winmar, but in particular, the title sponsors for the World Match Play, Betfred, for making all this possible this week. Uh, they've been absolutely brilliant to work with. Thank you very much to you guys in the chat room. If you're watching live on YouTube as we're recording this live, thanks to anybody that's downloaded this as a podcast as well. Um, and yeah, with that, thank you very much for watching, guys. And we will speak to you all again this time tomorrow night when we know the first two semi-finalists at the Betfred World Match Play. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.